place we've never seen before. You've done the impossible. Who knows what humanism is? Brother Caleb? Okay, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? The idea that humans are superior? Okay. Evolution? From monkeys to humans? Not necessarily. I mean, that can... Humanists tend to be evolutionists, so. Um, anyways, here's what Merriam-Webster says. Here's what Merriam-Webster says. Literally, first words, a doctrine, attitude, or way of life centered on human interests or values, especially a philosophy that usually rejects supernaturalism, and stresses an individual's dignity and worth and capacity for self-realization through reason. What does that mean? A lot of big words, right? Okay, so let's break it down. So in plain language, humanism is praising basically the accomplishments of man or mankind, not necessarily man like as a gender, like male and female, but mankind, just generalized. Um, so, and man's power is not bound or given or taken away by any sort of deity or uh, God. Deity, a deity would be a God, right? Um, man has the power to forge his own destiny through reason. Okay, does that make sense? So you have the, the power of your own mind because you have reason. What separates you from uh, humans from any other animal would be the capability to reason, right? That's why we're able to build buildings and things like that, large uh, places and, and put together technology, and animals just can't. The, the best thing I've ever seen an animal make maybe. Huh? No. Like, have you ever seen like a dirt dauber or something like that? They literally take dirt, put spit in it, and make this giant, awesome, strong thing. And it's basically like concrete. But that's... Anyways, I digress. Um, so he has uh, the capability, the power to forge his own destiny. Whatever your mind can think, that's where you can go, right? Uh, humanism rejects anything supernatural. So if something were to happen uh, and can't be explained, they don't tend to explain it by the supernatural. They, they say, well, humans are, are capable, powerful beings. We don't even understand the the full capability of human power your mind is a uh, is a uh, a strong thing and it it's capable of things that we can't even understand that's how they view it that'd be a naturalist type of 
view, right? Anti-supernatural. So, but instead of resorting to human understanding and science uh, for answers, that's what they resort to. Uh, humanists would suggest that there is no absolute truth common for every person, but that if there is truth at all, that truth is at best relative, meaning you can have your own truth, whatever you feel like is truth to you. It may not be truth to me, but we can both have our own truths, right? You can live your life, I can live my life, and we, we can both be right. So they reject anything that says there's an absolute truth uh, even across the board for all of humanity, right? Does that make sense? Okay. Um, I went on the American Humanist Associations. Uh, I didn't want that necessarily yet, but um, website. Thank you. Um, and here's some definitions that they give for what is humanism. Humanism is a progressive philosophy of life that wit without theism or other supernatural beliefs affirms our ability and responsibility to lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment that aspire to the greater good. So basically... Humanism is a philosophy or a way of thinking that they reject God completely, right? But they still feel like a person can have ethics and then they can be naturally good based off of common morality of the culture, right? Here's another one. Humanism is a joyous alternative to religions that believe in a supernatural God and life in a hereafter. Okay, listen to this. Humanists believe that this is the only life of which we have certain knowledge and that we owe it to ourselves and others to make it the best life possible for ourselves and all with whom we share this fragile planet. So, they don't believe in... A, an afterlife. After we die, that's it. We turn into dirt and maggots eat us. I know that's kind of morbid, but that's what happens. So, um, where am I at? So, it's a belief that when people are free to think for themselves, meaning they're not restricted by any sort of religious uh, preconceptions or, or notions or thoughts, they, they're able to think for themselves, in other words. Uh, they use reason and knowledge as their tools. They are best able to solve this world's problems. In a presentation of the art, literature, music, and crafts that are our heritage from the past, and of the creativity that, if nourished, can tend can continuously enrich our lives. So they see that arts and literature, meaning people write books, Sister Ayana, and they don't fall asleep. And um, yeah, thank you. Um, they write books 
draw pictures, do things, do accomplishments so that their name can live on. That's their heritage, right? They don't believe in a life afterwards. They believe in making something, making a name for themselves so that people can remember them after they die, right? So humanism in, a, in some is a philosophy of those in love with life. Humanists take responsibility for their own lives and relish the adventure of being part of new discoveries, seeking new knowledge, exploring new options. Instead of finding solace in prefabricated answers to the great questions of life, in other words, believing what the Bible says, uh, humanists enjoy the open-endedness of a quest and the freedom of discovery that this entails. So, all right, next slide. So why is humanism bad? Kind of sounds like humanism can't be all bad because they want good. They want you to do good things. They want you to be ethical. They want you, humanism and humanitarianism are really closely related. But here's the difference. Humanitarianism can be done. Humanitarianism means that you do good things for people in need. Like if a disaster hits, you go and help them. That's a humanitarian, uh, uh, humanitarian effort, right? You go out and you help people. So they want you to do that. But here's why it's bad. It's not that the people that are involved in humanism is, uh, they are bad, but, or, or have bad intentions, but their philosophy, their way of thinking is completely twisted. Okay. If you look at this picture, this is the logo of the American Humanist Association. And look at what their motto is, good without a God. That, so they, they plainly put it out there that they're not hiding it, that they do not want a God. They are atheists. They are anti-theists. They don't believe in God. Okay, They don't believe in the supernatural. So us as Christians... We are the complete opposite, correct, Brother Caleb, Brother Aiden? Uh, next slide, please. So this is why hum uh, humanism is bad. First off, I said they're anti-theists, right? If they're anti-theists, that also means that they reject what the Bible says, we believe that the Bible is absolute truth for everybody, that anybody can read the Bible and, and align themselves with what the Bible says and live a holy and separated life. And we believe that there is a life hereafter. We believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell and you're going to fall into one of two categories. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. Um, and they don't believe that. They believe that you just go away. You vanish. Okay? Uh, Romans chapter 
1, verse 22 through 25 says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So that kind of sounds like humanism, right? So it's not a, it's not a new thing, humanism. Uh, it may be uh, newly categorized or named humanism, but it's been around since, you know, this is Romans, so since the days of Paul and probably before him. Uh, Psalms chapter 100 verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God, it is He that made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So even it says it, it combats this idea in the book of Psalms. Uh, David wrote the majority of the book of Psalms. So we can say that this idea has been around since uh, David's age. Um, humanism is anti-truth. Here's what uh, Ashley Montague says. She's a, a well-known humanist um, and evolutionist. She says, Absolute truth belongs only to one class of humans. Ready for this? The class of absolute fools. They say you are foolish if you believe in truth. So instead of acknowledging established truths, that have been ordained by God, truth for humanists is at best relative, like I said. Meaning that there is no absolute truth. Everyone is entitled to their own truth, however they see things. And this humanist philosophy opens the door for perverted worldviews. Humans make the rules, and morality is subject to your culture, your ethnicity, your personality, your political view, or even your current emotional state. Does that sound familiar? What does that sound like? Anybody? Nobody? Is this hard to understand? Huh? LGBTQ plus agenda. Yes, they had to have... They had to add a plus at the end of it because they couldn't keep up with the amount of letters. I'm not trying to make fun of them, okay? These are real people, okay? These are real people that are on their way to a real hell. And it's not our place to make fun of them. It's not our place to even judge them. That's the Lord's job. It's our place to know the truth, to buy the truth, and sell it not. Truth is truth, and morality is consistent. But humanists reject the way that God has ordered everything and has rejected that there is absolute truth and that morality comes from God. But we know that we have absolute truth, right? 
we can find it in the Word of God and it and the principles of it are uh, what all morality is based off of, right? So they're saying that since morality, since truth is relative, that, Aiden, I'm going to pick on you. I know you're not like this, okay? I know you're wanting to live for the Lord, right? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Let's say... Poor brother Aiden. I won't use you. I won't use you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say a certain guy. I won't use you. I'm I feel I feel like that would be mean. I don't want to pick on you, okay? This certain guy decides he wants to be uh something besides what he was born to be, right? Huh? No, okay. Morality that how how they see morality justifies what he does. If he wants to become an, another gender, if he wants to become something besides what he was born to do, that morality, that anti-truth mentality, uh, allows him to do that. And so we can see that the the general. Uh, movement of our society, especially in America and in Europe, is this humanist thought, this philosophy, that you can do what you want to do and be okay. And we don't believe that. And that is why it's wrong. I'm not going to spend time telling you what we do believe, since I I think you, you know, most of you know, And if you don't know, you need to open up the Bible and read it and figure out what you know. Or come to church consistently and listen to the preaching of the Word of God, and it will direct you. Um, Go to the next slide, please. Y'all see this? Can y'all see it? It's kind of faded a little bit. It's kind of hard to see. But that right there is a uh, what people have pictured the Tower of Babel to look like. How many have heard of the Tower of Babel? No, that's Babylon. That's, that's Babylon. No, this is the Tower of Babel. It's found in the, the book of Genesis, right? So this is after Noah's flood. How many knows who? Okay, good. All right, I was just checking. You didn't know what Tower of Babel was, so it's in the same book, right? Like immediately right after the flood, this happens. I'm sure there were several, several, several years uh, before this happened because there had to have been enough people to build something like this. So, but in the Bible, it's like a few verses later, a couple of chapters later. So, you get enough people together, and and God says in the Bible, that the world was one language. I have my own theory about that, but I'm not going to get into that. Just know that the whole world was one language. So, let's say that everybody in the whole world could speak English. It probably wasn't English. It was probably Hebrew, I imagine. I don't know. 
let's say the whole world could speak English. You didn't have any sort of language barrier. You would be able to, to get a lot accomplished, right? So let's say, uh, like on job sites, there may be a lot of Hispanic people. They speak Spanish. And there's a lot of people that speak English. And so they're trying to work together, right? And sometimes there's a miscommunication that goes on. And this guy wants a brick or some more mortar. And he's trying to tell you. And you're like, I don't know what you're saying. So he has to point at this thing. And it just takes a long time. And you're not going to get anywhere. But the Bible says the whole world, the whole earth was one language. And so there's great unity and there's great power because everybody could understand each other. So they decided, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's build this giant tower and make a city and make this tower reach the heavens. Reach as far as we could possibly get it. We want it to touch heaven. Right? And God sees what they're doing. In fact, it says that God walked among them to see what they're doing. And they didn't even know it necessarily. Um, walked among them to see what they're doing and saw how they had understanding and unity and power and nothing could stop them. And God decides, okay. I see the problem here. I'm going to confound their language. Meaning, this guy over here is going to speak Spanish. This guy over here is going to speak English. That guy over there is going to speak German. And that's why we have different languages. Because of that one instance, right? It wasn't necessarily that they were building the tower, right? Because we have skyscrapers today. We have large buildings. We have this building right here. It was made by man. But what they were doing, they were building a name for themselves. They were exalting man above God. They didn't include, ma or they didn't include God in any of their thought processes. It was all for selfish reasons to make themselves a name for when they die people will remember them, right? So humanism is doing a similar thing. It's praising the accomplishments of mankind and rejecting the knowledge of God. It's working in a form of unity in which is very attractive to non-Christians. But just as God confounded the language of the builders of Babel, He will turn the humanist philosophies over to confusion. Because they have an anti-truth and uh, anti-God uh, philosophy, a way of thinking, you can believe what you want to believe, like I've said, and be okay. That's going to create nothing but confusion, and we can see it today. Just like I said, the LGBTQ+, they're so confused that they don't even... They can't even name it correctly. It has to be politically correct, and they can't even name it. Okay? It's confusion. 
Um, I'll read Romans chapter 1, 22 through 32 this time. Again, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. That's talking about idolatry. Humanism is idolatry. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And see, it's I'm not making this up. I'm not saying that humanism is just going to be turned over to confusion just because I think that. That's what the Word of God says right there. It says that He turned them over, gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, and they did what they wanted to. God allowed them to do that. And they got it twisted. They, turned, they changed the truth of God into a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature, the creation, more than God, the Creator. Verse 26 says, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. I don't have to explain what that's talking about. I think you can figure it out. Verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a retrobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Retrobate means your conscience is not there anymore. You've rejected God for so long that it doesn't matter to you. You can't accept or know that you're sinning. You can't accept and know that you're doing wrong. You can't accept and know that you're in confusion. He gave them over to a numbness, something that they can't get out of, basically. To do those things which are not convenient. It's not going to be good for them in the long run. You're not going to get to heaven by doing the things that they're doing. So that would be being filled of envy, envy murder, debate. Not like arguing in a debate club. That's not it. But not agreeing with each other at all. Not, you know always finding disagreement with each other. <coughs> Excuse me. Deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Here we go. Disobedient to parents. Hmm, that's a sin right there. This this is a list of sins. Okay. Without understanding 
covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit, commit such things are such are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's that's tough. That's tough. Oof, indeed. That is tough. Okay. But knowing that, knowing that mentality, knowing that philosophy of humanism, and knowing that we can't be a part of that, because it, it says that they which commit, commit such things are worthy of death, but not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So meaning, if you even see that people are doing such things and you make fun of it, and you make jokes of it, you're worthy of the same punishment. That's heavy. And that's what the Bible says. Gentlemen. Okay, so what should be the uh, what should the Christian response to humanism be? Next slide, please. Okay, it'll come up shortly. What should we do then? How can we combat against this wrong philosophy in college? Since we are talking about college prep. Uh, me, myself, I've never been to college, but I've known several, several people that have gone to college, secular colleges, and, and they tell me their experiences, and then, but also at work, you're going to come up against this sort of philosophy at work, uh, just anywhere you go in the secular world. So we're trying to prepare you for how you, you ought to just be ready for the things that are coming up against you because, you know, if, if you had no previous knowledge of what humanism is and you're presented with it without the name humanism, I mean, you can be presented with the philosophy without somebody saying, well, this is humanism, right? So if you could say, well, you can do what you want to. Uh, the power of the mind is, is, is your ticket to self-realization, things like that. You can be persuaded to join that side, even though you're Pentecostal, even though you're apostolic. You name yourself that, but you're not necessarily protected from that. You can enter in as a Pentecostal young person into college and be persuaded to join the other side. There's, there's only two sides. There's light and dark. For God against God. And there's, no, there's no gray lines. There's no gray areas. It's for him or against him. So don't go and say that I'm impervious to anything that the world has for me. Because it's not true. God is going to help you, but you have 
got to be consistently, consistently growing in a relationship with Him and do the basic spiritual disciplines to even combat against something like this. It's an everyday battle. Just because you have spoken in tongues once doesn't mean that you are automatically going to heaven. So, but first things first. First things first, we must love the people that hold this worldview. We cannot be hateful. You cannot be a good witness of the love of God and come up to, some, to somebody and debate with them and criticize them and just pull them down because they don't know the truth like you do. You have got to be the hope by the way that you live, by the way that you act, and show that what the Bible says works because it works in your life. Y'all agree with that? Does that make sense? So in college, especially in secular college, uh, you, you can encounter some of that in Bible college too. I mean, not everybody that goes to Bible college is spiritual necessarily. They can go for the wrong reasons. I go because their parents want them to go and they may not be in the right spiritual mind. So, anyways, uh, you're going to be bombarded with attacks against your uh, beliefs. And most secular professors have a humanist worldview and may call you stupid or foolish for believing that there is a God and that you follow His Word and you follow and live a holy lifestyle. So what I'm telling you to do is to love them. Love your enemies. Who knows? Hmm? Sure. I'm going to move on. I'll, t I'll talk with you later. I'll talk with you. Okay. So, but be a living example of the principles in the Word of God, and who knows, maybe the Lord will start to work on them through your witness. Um, I've heard some stories about Brother Kilman. He went to a, uh, you know, it was a, a seminary, which is they train ministers, but it was a more liberal uh, seminary, a more li liberal college, and so his professors kind of had this, this, uh, this kind of view. But they believed in God. They didn't actually probably believe that miracles could happen or things like that, because that's not very popular in mo modern Christianity. But the way that he he had integrity about what he believed in. And his professors, even though they attacked what he believed, tore it down every single time they met. They saw that he stayed strong 
and what he believed. He said, you really believe this, don't you? He said, absolutely, I do. And they, they backed down. And who knows what kind of impact he made while he was there. Maybe some of those professors started looking deeper into what they believed. Who knows? Okay. So I've, I've hit those two points. Love people, stand for and fight for the truth, right? And then here's the next thing. Don't focus on your accomplishments. Don't focus on your accomplishments, okay? I don't want to offend anybody. But just because you made so many touchdowns in football is not going to amount to a hill of beans when it comes to the real issues of life. Just because you're able to, to dunk doesn't amount to a hill of beans when it comes to the real issues of life. How is that going to turn around someone that is ready to commit suicide? Oh, don't worry, bro. I know how to make a touchdown. I know how to dunk, man. So don't worry. You don't have to kill yourself. I can, I could, no, 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 no. How is that going to help somebody? Okay, you might use your ability to dunk to gain a friend, right? But ultimately, you're trying to bring them to God. Just being able to dunk is not going to do anything. Does that make sense? Your ability, your human abilities are very, very, very limited. You have to have the Holy Ghost. Right? Just to even survive this world. Because you might, you might gain that friend because you said you're trying to show him how to play basketball the best way that's there's no problem with that i'm not against sports i'm not okay play sports but the world's going to attack that same person the enemy is going to attack that same person right after y'all get done playing basketball what's going to sustain him you can't be with that person 24 hours a day to say, hey, you don't have to take your life. You don't have to take your life. There's only one thing that can do that. That's God. That's the Holy Ghost. Your purpose on this earth is to not only live right and to do right, to have the Holy Ghost, to have a relationship with God, but also to persuade other people around you to do the same. Because, like I said, there's only two sides. There's heaven, there's hell. There's reward, there's consequences. And we want these people to go to heaven. Even though they might have a twisted philosophy, God can change the hearts and the minds of men and women. So don't focus on your own accomplishments. Have a mindset that says, I am nothing without God. He has given me all things. He has placed me where I am. And there is no works that I can do to deserve any praise or glory. 
focus instead on God, but never exalt talent and ability over the power of God. Put your trust in Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. And that is true. Don't lean on your own understanding. Your brain is very finite, not infinite. It's finite. It can only go to a certain boundary, but God has no boundaries except that what you place on Him, what you allow Him to do in your life. So let's stand together. I'm done. This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.